Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Life Talk Radio. I'm David Humphrey. Tonight's show is going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about human trafficking and the law enforcement, um, how they identify and respond to human trafficking. We don't really usually get into this. It's kind of new. Usually we talk about the awareness part, but tonight I want to talk about how, you know, the challenges of law enforcement responding to human trafficking and are they failing our victims? Now, you got to remember that the Protection Act was signed in 2000, the Human Trafficking Protection Act, signed by George Bush in 2000. Here we are in 2021, and this topic's just now getting a little attention. I, I don't think that it's getting the attention it deserves, especially when it's a billion-dollar industry and it affects so many people, and it's basically or, organized and uh, slavery. Human trafficking has been a problem not only faced in just the United States, but it's the entire world. Human trafficking involves sex trafficking, labor trafficking, organ trafficking. We don't really have a lot of people talking about that, but it does. It has, um, you know, globally, they do traffic organs. Uh, trafficking necessarily doesn't have to be from one country or to the next. It can be uh, over different state lines. Uh, all throughout the United States. It can occur in any place at any time. Uh, it's widespread. Uh, the knowledge of this occurrence is not well known. But yet, this act was signed in 2000 to ensure law enforcement was aware, uh, aware of this and how to uh, get a definition to distinguish between prostitution and trafficking. Uh, this act was created, you know, just nationwide with training programs, um, but there's a lack of training, both federally, state, and locally, and especially locally here in, you know, in Alabama. You know, there uh, there's some options for training, but nothing significant where, um, you know, it's kind of like put in paper or put into law for law enforcement about training. Um, you know, you have some people that are passionate about it, and they'll go out and get some training, and they'll try to get on some different task force and stuff. But we're talking about basically your local law enforcement. Um, of course, there's been people throughout the United States, uh, from uh, lawmakers to uh, universities to even the nonprofits talking about having a universal program for all law enforcement agencies to participate in, which I would love to see that. Um, but it has its pros and cons as well, just as anything else in this world. Um, I personally think that we should have it in our local or state Alabama uh, A post for law enforcement, even going through the academy. I feel like, you know, even if it was just four hours um, of human trafficking training, it could possibly save, save a life, especially when a new and young police officer gets on the street. Um, and, and, you know, it could go from state to state as far as universal instead of having just one thing throughout the United States. Each state's totally different, and I understand that. And, you know, that's something that the local lawmakers through each state should really look at it, because especially when you talk about law enforcement and the ability to assess the survivor. You know, your law enforcement police officer is the first government agency that is going to 
encounter a victim, whether it's on a traffic stop or just in general, um, you know, they're the first line of defense. And you have so many police officers that are on the street that just don't have the uh, trafficking training. Um, and then, you know, I feel like, are we failing the victims without that training? Um, because they're increasingly been called throughout the United States to combat this labor trafficking and sex trafficking crimes. But yet, if you look at the studies that have done throughout the United States, their training's very lack. I mean, we're, we're, we're lacking in training. Um, and you also have a lot of federal government groups that do have the training, but this is something that we need to have in our local law enforcement agencies throughout every state in America. Um, a lot of victims, they will not turn to the police. And the sad part is because they don't trust because they rarely get assistance from the law enforcement agencies. Um, some do. Homeland Security does a great job as far as assistance to them because they work with nonprofits and they work with different uh, church groups that can facilitate these young survivors and get them the help they need. But throughout the Alabama, you have to look at the different local agencies when they come across human trafficking. Do they have the... One, the equipment, the training, and to facilitate the victim. You know, that's something that's huge here in the South. And we have to work together to figure out a great solution to facilitating our victims. Um, you also have to, there's some key figures in the fight against human trafficking. The training part to me has been lagged. The prepare, preparation to fulfill its role we still need to figure out what law enforcement needs to do to fulfill that role in your city and state, not federally, because I feel like the federal government does a great job as far as coming into these different states and working together, but we just don't have enough of them to go out throughout the, the state, just as in Alabama. So we got to look at that. Um, it And, and it, the numbers are going to go from either... 12% to about 20, a lot of these uh, statistics and stuff, and you can Google search these, they go from anywhere from 2009 all the way to 2019. 17% uh, of officers throughout the United States have reported that they received training on human trafficking. Uh, Two-thirds of this rely on mass media for information in human trafficking. That goes back to like the Facebook stuff. In the different groups, and, and, and even we with Alabama Alliance, we use our Facebook to use it as a, um, basically, uh, awareness. We, we push a lot of awareness through our social media, and, you know, with every year that goes by, social media is going to change, and sooner or later, that we'll have to find another platform, but right now, we use Facebook as our platform to get out the information. Uh, especially trying to get different groups working together, law enforcement working together. And when you talk about 17% of law enforcement officers in the United States, which that's about right. Um, the 2017 Guardian uh, survey come out and it was about 12% of law enforcement throughout the United States. So about 17 now in 2021 is probably about right because the past two years, human trafficking has been um, in the news. It's been 
kind of more or less from a social media platform as far as awareness and information and a lot of nonprofits that are starting to to go the human trafficking route. I see a lot of uh, nonprofits that had been for different you know areas as far as mental health, uh, child safety, uh, abused women, you know they're also incorporating with mental health human trafficking because it's it's very rampant i mean it's we, we truly don't know a lot of the numbers that from of course covid from 2020 into 21 and probably next year to 2022 um as far as getting real um hardline numbers then you got to also look at um who's going to pay for the training i had this come up the other day when I was talking about finding the training that people need, um, you know, who's going to pay for this? Who would pay for that? Well, there's nonprofits that offer a lot of training throughout the United States, uh, free the United States Institute for Human Trafficking, um, out of Tampa, Florida. They do a law enforcement portal, uh, that trains law enforcement, um, and even kind of gives you a certification, and also your CEU hours for the year, I believe they give you up to four for just taking it. And, you know, it's uh, about responding to victims, identifying what human trafficking means and is. Um, and the biggest thing that I've seen personally is the communication part with our victims, the communication part with different groups and agencies. And um, we, we have to do better. I mean, we really have to do better with... Um, working together and helping our law enforcement, getting the information and the tools they need. Um, and, and then the training, going into some of the local law enforcement agencies to give them a little bit of training because, um, you know, it, it's exploitation of another uh, by force, fraud, or coercion. Um, you know, there's two elements to that. You know, there's forced labor, servitude, commercial sex exploitation. There's uh, forced prostitution or sex trafficking. Um, as of 2015, the addition to the Federal uh, Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000, uh, every state had instituted, instituted their own human trafficking statute. Uh, so also there's different agencies, officers, investigators, detectives that uh, use uh, the sex trafficking as a uh, task force. They work together to fight and... Um, work on the commercial sex throughout the states. Um, but you also got to think, guys, this is 2021, and we're just now getting some information out and really pushing our law enforcement. Um, you know, it's not like we're trying to beat them all up and go, hey, you've done a bad job. It's nothing like that. You know, I have people say that, um, you know, they're doing the best they can, and I completely agree. I'm 100% behind that. If I wasn't, I wouldn't have started the Alabama Alliance for Human Trafficking and Child Safety and, and have my team together, which is phenomenal. You know, uh, everybody's passionate about what they do. They're motivated. And, you know, in another show, we're going to talk about motivation and what motivates you uh, just in life uh, to just carry on. Because when things are so bad and, you know, 2020 was rough with COVID, 2021 is a big question mark. There's a lot of people that are kind of, you know, they're out there and they're kind of just bobbing in the water trying to hold on. But 
we have to move forward, stay super focused, work together, and stay motivated. And, um, you know, the, the trafficking and the educational part and getting the message out to a lot of parents in our communities is, uh, you know, it's a passion of mine. It's something that uh, I had a vision a few years ago about really getting out here, putting boots on the ground and actually doing something to help our law enforcement because there's a ton of nonprofits that are out there that they service the needs of our victims. They facilitate them. They get them the medical. They get them, uh, you know, a lot of counseling. But our group more or less is out after the educational part, pushing it to our law enforcement, assisting them, helping them get the word out to our communities, and also networking with intelligence. That's another big part that I have talked to a few people through different states that have a lot of... uh, They network a lot and they work with a lot of law enforcement. Alabama is kind of a strange state because we have all these groups and all these agencies that are basically working for the same goal, but they're not working together. And we have to build that bridge, not only with these agencies, but with our communities and our community leaders, because without them, we can't be successful. We can't get the word out to our communities and we can't put a a halt on the demand for buying sex. And that's what it is, people. It's a huge demand in America for buying sex. Children um, are coerced into doing it. And it's just, it is what it is. And it's been going on for hundreds of years, but it's gotten so big that it's almost out of control, in my opinion, because um, with labor trafficking and sex trafficking, um, these these multiple arenas, you you know, you got prostitution on the streets, the massage parlors, escort services, online dating service. The dark, dark web is full of uh, purchases and brothels. Um, you know, there's brothels operating probably in every single city throughout the United States. And reason being, it's on, a lot of it's on the dark web. They use a lot of different facilities, homes, and they also move around. Um, and also, you know, the victims, we talk about victims and we, uh, I talked to some single moms and they, the first thing they go is, uh, you know, they're probably tortured or something and, and not necessarily a lot of them. Um, they, they have a lot of psychological abuse. They, um, have a lot of PTSD, the depression, the stress, anxiety, uh, some they're, they're in a, such a bad home life and environment from abuse from that. A lot of them get into this lifestyle for the protection of the pimp, for the, uh, you know, thinking that it's family. But basically, they've been manipulated so bad that they're out here working sex for money, which they're not really getting to feel like they're wanted. And, you know, they want to feel loved. And then you're talking about mental abuse and the inhumane treatment that they're receiving to want to feel loved, it's like, it's horrible. It's such an evil, evil um, epidemic that we have going through the United States. And then trying to identify the sex trafficking cases, you know, especially with juveniles. Um, it's difficult, not really impossible, but it takes a lot of people, a lot of agencies. It has a lot of moving parts to it. And you got to find 
the the teams out here, and this is throughout the United States, that are willing to fight for these kids that, you know, they, they don't take off days. They don't, uh, this is all they do because sooner or later, and I was really hoping that, you know, I could put a timeline to when we could really curb this huge problem in America. And, and I was off between about 20, actually 25 years. Um, I really believe by 2030, we could curb some of this if different states and lawmakers would start, you know, basically cleaning house from the top all the way to the bottom. Um, we also have to uh, look at some indicators of the trafficking as far as the victims, especially the law enforcement community. Of course, the eye contact, uh, identification, lack of identification, having a lot of money, the branding, the tattoos, uh, the terminology that they use, um, unexplained cuts, bruises, physical abuse. Uh, but, you know, not only law enforcement, but parents. Parents have really need to look into the things going on with their kids and paying attention to what these young teenagers are doing because when it comes down to it, they all want to be loved. I mean, we all want to be loved. But sex... And abuse is not love. And we as parents, mentors, leaders, we have got to instill this into our young people that uh, abuse is not love. Sex is not love. You know, we have to really uh, break it down for them, the difference between love and abuse. And um, also being aggressive. Uh, I've seen a lot of young people that are so aggressive towards law enforcement. And, and I just don't understand how, you know, your your parents, it's a parent problem too in America. Parents should teach their kids respect. And if we were starting to teach our kids with respect and manners and yes or no, sir, and go back to our moral compass as adults with our children and actually raising them, whether you're a single parent or, you know, split home, whatever, grandparents, you know, if you care about these kids and you want to raise them right, you'll teach them manners and respect because that's going to build them up, build character in them to get them to the next level. Um, because if not, they're either going to die or they're going to go to prison. Um, you know, and also with just my experience, a lot of them don't identify themselves as victims. It's kind of like, let's see the um, Stockholm syndrome where um, they defend and protect their abusers or traffickers because they're so loyal to them because they're looking for affection. They, they, uh, they've been manipulated and brainwashed to fear the law enforcement uh, or to fear what would happen if you were to leave. Uh, you know, and they put that death fear into them or hurting their family. And um, they also are so brainwashed with law enforcement of not talking to them. And, you know, people think that I'm such a butt about saying these people do not want to talk to law enforcement. Th this is the truth. This is, this is actually true. They do not want to talk to law enforcement. They want to basically stay away from law enforcement and not ask for help because they're still feeling like they're loved by this pimp. Um, 
But the law enforcement response is going to have to look at sense of safety, the environment that these people live in, and addressing the next steps. But with that, with that being said, you have to have good nonprofits, good church organizations, good groups around a department that's working this to get them the help they need because it's not a simple process. And I speak from experience with that. It's not an easy process. It is a long, it's, um, you have to have a lot of moving parts, a lot of time, and a lot of people doing everything they're supposed to do to help our victims and to help them get a place of safety and out of this environment and give them the uh, mental structure that they need to move on with the, the counseling that they're going to need because they're completely starting over when they get into one of these homes, long-term facilities, counseling, they're starting over. Um, of course, sense of safety uh, with our law enforcement or any um, nonprofit that's working with victims, we always have to give them, you know, a sense of safety. And and you can't tell them something. You cannot tell our victims something and you don't do it because that goes back to the trust level. And that goes back to um, if you're going to say something, let, let's do it. You know, don't say something and basically lie to anybody because they're not going to believe you and they're not going to trust in you. And they're not going to tell you information that you probably going to need in the long run. Um, you know, they have those walls built up just like everybody else, just like in relationships. You know how you go out and you, you kind of got walls built up. You're trying to get to know people. You're going on dates. You're not going to give them all the information, but you may give them a little bit here and there. Well, with human trafficking, the law enforcement agencies and the officers, they do not have months and months and months to build a relationship up for the communication. They got to be upfront, trustworthy. They have to help help our victim. They have to mean what they say. They have to really walk the walk. Um, they have to show themselves as trustworthy, uh, open up, express their emotions, just like you're trying to listen for their, you know, you're sharing these emotions, you're sharing these experiences of all these situations, and you got to build the trust bucket back up with our law enforcement. And some people don't believe that the uh, law enforcement and this community can even work together, but they can because I've seen it done. I've seen it work. Um, you have to have the right people doing this job and the right groups around you together to make this win for each state, not just Alabama, Florida, Georgia. You have to have everything working, you know, together on the same page with every organization because we all have the same goal. We want to stop human trafficking. We want to stop this uh, sex slavery that's been going on for hundreds of years. And also, we want to curb and stop the demand for buying sex with children and women and even boys. The boys number has gone up at least 15% in the past two years. You know, it was like 1% a few years ago. And it's gone up, you know. I'm guessing because the numbers are so out there from this year, from last year, up until 2019. I want to say it's probably around the 12 to 13%-ish, maybe, if not over 15% of boys are just sexually abused 
and trafficked just as girls are because the sad thing about boys is they don't really, they're not going to tell. We have a big problem in America with people not wanting to say anything. Uh, I know a lot of groups, I know even our group uses the see something, say something movement and, you know, see something, say something, but we got to do something. We can't keep waiting and waiting because all these laws were in effect in 2000. Here we are in 2021 and we're boots on the ground fighting for it. You know, we're out here doing it now. We just got to get our law enforcement trained, working together so we can get out here and basically really fight this, put the, you know, put these pimps in jail um, and stop it just like narcotics. You know, it's a fight. It's been a fight for, you know, 40 years. <clears throat> also, you know, when you do get a victim and you're opening up and you're really trying to build some trust um, and you're talking about emotions and situations and, and they're starting to build trust in you, um, you got to keep that, that communication going. You got to, to, you know, refrain from like, any judgment or judgmental calls or comments. Um, and you also got to keep your word. And that's that goes a long way, very long way. And it does work. I've seen it work. Um, simple gestures too. You know, sense of safety, uh, reassuring the, the, the victim that, you know, we're going to get them help and mean it and get them some help. Um, getting them more personal possessions. You know, being able to work with your nonprofits and your different church organizations to get them perf the, the possessions they need and, um, you know, and treat them with respect. You know, if more Americans treated each other with respect, we wouldn't have a lot of the problems we do, you know, always looking people in the eye, giving them that respect. But that goes back to young parenting. You as a young kid, uh, your parents, the way they taught you that now that we're older adults and we're teaching our own kids, you got to, you know, look them in the eye, give them all the respect they want. And then, and then they might just walk away respecting law enforcement and being able to, when they come in contact with law enforcement, being able to share something or not be afraid to even talk to them. Of course, a lot of our victims, when, when you encounter them, they're not going to have a lot of, you know, high dollar value stuff. You know, they got their little handful or bag of stuff. You know, they may have some nice tennis shoes, but you as either law enforcement, nonprofit, any different organization, please don't belittle them. And I've seen videos to where some interviews are going on and they, they kind of belittle them a little bit. That that's going to get you nowhere. That's going to get you a case that does not go any further than that. So don't belittle them, you know. Um, give them that most up respect. Be, be able to get them some food too. Food, drink, um, sweatpants, sweatshirts. You know, I, I saw a group, and I believe it was a group in Alabama, and I saw a video to where a uh, nonprofit was raising funds up to buy these departments, these bags to where they had sweatpants, sweatshirts. And I believe there's a whole group. I don't know if it's it's a uh, United States group nonprofit or if it's just local in some different states. That, that That's their main thing. They get these uh, sweatpants, sweatshirts, put them in these bags, deliver them to the police departments to give to these victims. 
Um, I think it's a great idea. I think that it's something that needs to be done throughout every state, probably. And also, you know, that shows that these nonprofits are wanting to work with our law enforcement and also give them the sense of, I guess, relief or um, a worry of when, hey, when the law enforcement officers out here working these cases, they know they can go to, you know, whatever nonprofits that's behind them to get them the stuff they need. And that's just working together, guys. I mean, we have to do that. Um, we have to make the communication process with law enforcement nonprofits and our victims the best we possibly can. We have to be able to uh, maintain that contact with our victim um, because doing that ultimately will not only save more lives, but it also builds the cases up to actually prosecute these traffickers from even doing this and and we have to we have to look at it like that we have to make a stand we have to um work together and i know i keep saying it but it it, it, it we really have to we have no choice um you got to let those egos to the side you got to let your you know uh whether it's ego pride whatever but we all have to work together you know you may not like these people that you're working with, but you don't have to because your goal and your heart and soul and your motivation is helping kids and young women get out of these situations and get them the help they need because no child wakes up going, hey, I want to feel loved today, but I want to be a prostitute. We, we, we our, our, our society is not going to even go that way. I know a lot of the elite and a lot of people are trying to make that where it's acceptable, but it's not going to be acceptable in the United States. Uh, you know, there, there's still a good, strong bit, you know, a lot of us that have a moral compass to see that we're not going to let that happen here. And we're not going to let it happen globally. You know, it's not acceptable. And it's not okay to have sex with a child. You're, you're destroying their innocence. You're destroying their mental health. And, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to fight for these children, these women, and the people that just won't fight for themselves, that won't uh, stand up and that won't have a voice. But I'll stand up for them before they can have a voice. And our whole group will. We've got a fantastic group of people that are so passionate, just as I am, to get out here and do this and to lay these boots on the ground. And, and different avenues, everybody has a different skill set. We have different um ways that we, we can communicate with different groups from education to law enforcement to intelligence to even restaurants. You know, restaurants is a big thing for me and our group because I don't know about your group, but having restaurants on board with our Alliance uh, Awareness Zone helps out because you never know when they see that sign and they're, they may come in and won't help. And we're able to get the people and the help and the law enforcement they need to get the help and to get out of a situation. Um, want to talk about this, the capacity of just local law enforcement and their response to the human trafficking. Local law enforcement is basically, is really minimally prepared to identify and do this. And, and we've talked about that. But when you break down the numbers, where you're talking about 20% of municipal and county agencies have some type of human trafficking training, 20% and only 9% have the protocol or policy on human trafficking. 
people that that's that's not good. These numbers are not good. Um, and only four percent has specialized units and personnel to even investigate it. And you know that's where I don't really get angry, but I'm very concerned uh, just with Central Alabama that having the personnel and the different units and groups that are able to investigate, we have to get more law enforcement involved locally and, and with our counties to to just work that. And I know it sounds crazy because I get feedback from this and I get backlash from this. Where are we going to find the money? The money's there. We just have to get the money to them from either grants, donations. We can get the money. To me, the money's the easy part. It's finding men and women that are willing to, all they want to do is service human trafficking from a law enforcement standpoint. Um, the other backlash we get, and this is, you know, this is all over probably the world. 75% of the law enforcement leaders, they think that, you know, human trafficking in their communities non-existent, that they don't want to admit that it's happening. And I'm afraid to tell everybody it's happening. You know, it's not bad. It's not like you're trying to say something bad about a city. It's just it's happening all over the United States. It's not just this little city or that little city. It's just happening throughout the United States. And it's just now getting the recognition in 2021 where we needed to be doing this in 20, you know, 2001. You know, a year after these laws were put into place in the United States. Um, the other part, 7% of these agencies investigate the cases. You know, a lot of uh, attorney general's offices do the cases. Uh, you know, our, our, our different districts um, do the cases. Uh, federal government. But we also have to think about how you could get overwhelmed with the, the, the number of reports and what's real and what's not and what's true, what's not true. And I understand that. But when, when you have a group that's working nothing but this, then to me, you could be able to sort this out and really get to the root of the problem instead of it bouncing from, you know, group to group to group or division, 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 to where we can go ahead and start um, really working these cases, um, getting these task forces that are having the boots on the ground on a regular basis. And a lot of them just, they don't have the, the means or the money or the manpower where they like for the federal government to step in to, you know, give them extra man hours or help. And then a lot of this, a lot of cases that I've seen have come from other people telling on people. You know, uh, different networks and, and groups will, they'll tell, eventually they will tell, and then that's when they get hot and heavy of working the cases. But, you know, that's good for them, but it's going on to where we have to do something together to basically try to curb that demand for sex. Um, 
you know, you have X number of cases that come in to where a small percentage, maybe not even 15% of the 70% of cases that come in are actually human trafficking cases. And the biggest thing that I've seen with different law enforcement groups, you know, because this could go over state lines. This could go, you know, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, from group um, all over the United States, different organizations that are running girls, you know, a lot of moving parts, a lot of time and effort to try to build a case and it can fall apart in just any minute. Now, we know that and we understand that, but still, when you have a group doing nothing but that, you may get four girls off the street that would probably be killed within five years anyway. So, so that, you know, that's winning because the goal is to get somebody out of this lifestyle, get them the help they need, and then let's go after the criminals and the pimps that are actually doing the trafficking and then we'll put them in jail. You know, that, that's the, that's the way I see it. You know, is it wrong? You know, what's right? There's no rule book to this. There's no rule book on human trafficking right now. There's no, um, that we got the laws in place, but there's so much going on. And you also got to look at legislation in Alabama where the law enforcement academies do not even have any protocol for human trafficking in their academy. But Florida, Georgia does. That goes back to the first part of the show. We have got to get this in our legislation to put at least four hours in the academy. But no, we, we could get human trafficking training after we graduate. But there's so many kids, you know, 21 to 25, that once they get out of the academy, they're not studying human trafficking. They don't even understand it. So they're not going to take that class or look in the CU hours. They're going to just basically move on. And those are the kids that are pulling these cars over, that are working out here on the streets, that are coming in contact with our trafficked victims. So let's work together. Think about this. And I know it's a little bit different than some of the stuff we talk about, but Start asking questions in your neighborhood. Start asking questions in your city to your local law enforcement. Start looking for groups to help with the victims of human trafficking or the groups that are there that are out here counseling, that are doing the investigations, that are doing the interviews. Start doing something to help these organizations. It's not just us and, and, and our group. It's all of them. We all have to work together. And then ask yourself this, and I'm going to close with this because I want a lot of people to start thinking about things. When's the last time you've truly did something with your soul, creativity, with love, and leaving a piece of yourself in what you do? Think about that. When's the last time you've done something for others that left a piece of you in what you were doing? It's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Life Talk Radio.